the 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 ratings are coming in for this thing. It's like it's like the highest rated Sunday night game I think since like 2015. Monster monster ratings across all the networks. This was massive, and um, I I would say that uh, from a from a Cowboys fan perspective, and I'm not a Cowboys fan. I just cover them. Okay, I did grow up a Cowboys fan. Um, and, and Curtis, I'm not, I know what part of Texas you're from. I don't know if you're, are you in, in where you're from? Is that more Cowboys or was that more Oilers territory? That was Cowboys through and through. I'm not a Cowboys fan myself, Matt, but man, the, uh, the Cowboys presence in the San Antonio area. I mean, there's a reason they had training camp there for years. And there's a reason why the San Antonio television stations get the same access as all the Dallas outlets with the Cowboys because it is Cowboys country down there. Okay, they love them. Um, I would say, Curtis, and, and, and even though you may not be a Cowboys fan, you are obviously, as a football fan, watching this thing closely. And um, what a – what a and, and we've watched C.D. Lamb up close for, for a lot of years. Now let me ask you what a lot of our listeners have on their mind to, minds today. Uh, a couple of different things. First of all, that kicker. Oh my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> Thirty-one yard misses the misses the extra point. And what did they tell us all preseason? He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Let him get a few kicks in here and there. He'll be fine. And then they go out there and and put that mess. Just put. I mean, he 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 does that. But was it offensive pass interference? And I I got to say, in the in the heat of battle, sometimes. You, you know, those can go either way, but the Cowboys have certainly had one go against them. Even last year, I think one went against Gallup. And, well, when you slow that thing down, Jordan Lewis, man, that was Godwin out there, just shoved him right down to the ground. And, and he and he ends up on his backside. Curtis, did you did you have that as an offensive pass interference on the Bucks? Because it was that play and it was that catch that allowed Tampa to get into field goal position and win that game. Our, uh, our fallen comrade, Matt Roberts, and I had a conversation about this over Twitter last night, and he and I are on the same page. I don't think that that was offensive pass interference, and I'm going to explain why. One of the things that they – and I'm a former football official, and my dad is one, my brother is one. One of the key indicators you're looking for is an extension of the arm, and Godwin's arm never fully extended. What happened was – the, the defensive back put his hands out first, initiated contact, and how we get to that point matters. So the fact that you have the defensive back initiating the hand fighting really does matter in this one, and they were hand fighting throughout. And then I think it was just, a to me, you, you watch him turn back to the ball, they're still bending his arm. So what that tells me is he's putting the defender on skates and it's just a very good hard stop route, turn around, catch the ball, get out of bounds. So I don't think it was pass interference. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you, too. I wholeheartedly would have understood if there was a flag on that play. And I, it wouldn't have gotten me riled up one way or the other. But I don't, to me, and in my experience, having worn the stripes, Matt, it was not offensive pass interference. Man, that's why I love having Curtis Quillen, KCEN, Channel 6. The man, he's the man for all seasons. And he's got some officiating in his blood. And uh, right, right now, Curtis, I should give out your, uh, let me see, I should give out your Twitter handle because all these Cowboys fans are going to want to reach out. Curtis, that was, that was absolutely offensive pass interference. 
Um, boy, you've, I'm sure you've been shouted out as an official before. Always admire people that want to be an official. I A couple of times, Curtis, at like my daughter's basketball games, it even happened one time in a junior high game, I was called upon from the stands. Oh, Mr. Mosley, he does radio. He's in forts. He can officiate. <laughs> that was rough. Different animal, it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Curtis, what's that little signal? You know, when you when you signal for like a block shot, it's not a foul. I just chose to go with that on everything. I was just making that <laughs> signal like every possession. Block shot. That's a block shot. I just didn't really didn't really feel like calling a lot of fouls. So I I don't know. I don't I don't think I was cut out for it. But uh, I you I admire folks who are. That was a tremendous, uh, tremendous football game. And, um, and Curtis, I would think that uh, Cowboys fans around Central Texas and down into San Antonio, where you're from, have to. Well, it's I mean, I, I think it's, it's two different thoughts they're having today. One is you let one get away. You had like a yeah. uh, like an unbelievable performance by a quarterback. Those for 400 yards is just beautiful. His only interception was shouldn't have been. He put it on the money to C.D. Lamb. Um, and, and you win the turnover battle by three, and you lose the game. I mean, part of you is like, how do you lose that game? But I would say part of the fan base has to be like, well, that to me looks like the best team in the NFC East. I, I think it is the best team in the NFC East after last night. And, and it's weird to be saying that about the Cowboys and especially about the Cowboys after a loss, isn't it? I mean, this is a team that, I'm going to be honest, I had to issue a mea culpa on the air after the game last night because we carried the game. I had to say, look, I didn't even expect that out of the Cowboys. I expected them to go to Tampa and get smacked around while the Buccaneers celebrated a Super Bowl win. And I think I was in the majority when I expected that. And so to see the offense perform the way it did, to see the defense just stand up on its head the way it did. I mean, good gravy. That Cowboys defense last night was impressive. Um, yeah, you could, you should, you can argue you should have had that one. And I think that they, I think they should have. The Cowboys had their chances to win that game. I mean, think about it. If you just look at the points that were left on the board by missed field goals and PATs, the Cowboys win that game, mathematically speaking. Obviously, there's other twists and turns that have to happen in the game. But mathematically speaking, you left eight points on the field because of missed kicks. You win the game at that point. So you got to you, you, you think that you are the front runner in the NFC East at that point. And so now you just got to go out and prove it. You go to L.A. next week before you go home for a couple. And so you got to go prove it against the Chargers in, uh, what is it, eight, uh, nine days now? Yeah. Nine, nine days, you're right, you know, a tiny bit of a break, and then it's coming up. And, uh, by the way, did you, uh, did you know the Schmaltz's trivia question? Do you know who is the quarterback at BYU the last time these teams played? And, by the way, it's, they've split. There was an unbelievable game in 83, but then the Bears, the Bears went to BYU. I'm giving all kinds of hints in 84. Would you be able to come up with who was quarterbacking at BYU, Curtis, in 1984? Is that Steve Young? Mm, has to be Steve Young, doesn't it? You'd think I'd have that. <laughs> 83, I got to see him. I remember as a kid, Baylor won that game. I think it was 46-40. to 40. And then that following year, it might have been Bosco. Anyway, we've got all kinds of answers coming in. 
Um, all right. Uh, I, I did want to, um, Curtis, ask you about what you do, man. You, the Friday nights, Friday nights are for the the Quillen man, and I appreciate you, by the way, moving at the last minute. Uh, Mac Rhodes is going to join us at three twenty-five, and there's some big news in Baylorland. By the way, are you excited about these four teams, Curtis? Do you? Do you find yourself now, like on Saturdays, seeing what Cincinnati and Houston and BYU are you checking? Are you checking, uh, you know, to see how UCF did? Are you already almost thinking of them as Big Twelve foes? I mean, UCF fits into the Big Twelve about as well as anybody else ever has, right? You got a fan, you got a fan base that thinks it's accomplished something, even though it never got to the stage to actually do it on with that uh, claim national championship. I mean, what is this, 1930? You can't claim national championships anymore. No, I'm excited about the new Big 12. I think that the the conference understood it was never going to restore the prestige it lost when Texas and Oklahoma left in football. And so it brought in teams that kept the conference as elevated as humanly possible in football. In basketball, Matt, Holy crap. This conference got so fun. The potential at Central Florida is amazing. And then you add Fifth Third Arena in Cincinnati, the Marriott Center in Provo. You add uh, the Fertitta Center in Houston. You have three awesome venues for three incredibly historic programs. I mean, BYU has, like, it's up near the top as far as NCAA tournament berths and NCAA tournament wins for uh, Division One men's college basketball, and that's without any Final Fours. And so that's this is going to be a really fun league in men's basketball, and I think that the conference took the right approach with football. Salvage what you can. Understand you're not going to replace everything you lost. All right. <clears throat> By the way, whoever said in our Schmaltz's trivia question, I, I think I had this one right because I, I just, in my mind, I remember them going up and getting their teeth knocked in the last time they played BYU. It was in Provo. I would have been 11 years old. Curtis, you may have not joined us yet. 1984. I don't know if you had entered My this world. My dad was still in high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Robbie Bosco went 28 for 43 for 363 and six touchdowns. Whoa. Bosco, Bosco put it on us. So I hope somebody out there. We'll find out who won the Schmaltz's contest. Real quick, um, Curtis, I'm sorry. We usually talk a lot of high school, but with you and I, we we like to talk about a bunch of different stuff. Game of the week. Give me the game of the week for uh, Channel 6, and how do you see this thing playing out? We got Academy at Grosbeck, a battle undefeated tonight. Both teams coming in 2-0. Very, very different ends of the spectrum on 2-0. You know, Academy is – very young this year, lost a star-studded senior class, a massive senior class after the 2020 season. Um, Grosbeck comes in, 18 returning starters entering the season, including a three-year starter at quarterback in Allen Lewis. Uh, this is a, a Grosbeck team loaded with experience, expe- expecting to compete with Malakoff once again for a district championship there in Region 2 in 3A Division One. Um, look, the computers that Dave Campbell have, this is a five-point game. Like, this is going to be an awesome affair. There, you know, you have the spread with Grosbeck against the, what is it, the wing T or the power I, whatever it is, Lancaster got uh, brought to Academy from Troy. Um, this is a awesome, awesome affair between two teams who have their eye on a playoff spot in 3A Division One, one out of District uh, 
seven or eight and the other one out of district 11 really looking forward to that and then we have a just a, a whole bunch of games that uh we're looking forward to being able to spotlight tonight. Nikki's heading down Highway 77 to Milam County for the rivalry affair between uh, mm. Rockdale and Lexington. Then you've got Cameron Yo Franklin tonight at Yoke Field, which is an awesome game that she's going to get to be at. Um, and then we're going to see if Bartlett can take another step under Brian Cosma, get a second win in a season for the first time in a long time uh, in a game that the Dave Campbell's computers have as a one-point affair between the Bulldogs and Meridian tonight. All right, one of these days I'd like to see you on the mic, you know, doing a stand-up and then get right in those stripes and go straight out and do a game. I mean, I think you need to be able to show that kind of versatility. Curtis, always fun. We appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. There he goes. Curtis.